All right, well, good morning to everyone. Good morning and happy Sunday before Valentine's Day, where as you see here, you saw by the video right there, and you see by the title up on the screen, we're talking love and marriage because it is the season to talk about such subjects. And what we're doing is we're going behind the scenes. That's what you saw right up there on the video is not only are our are, are, are people are skilled in singing music and leading us up here, but they're also behind the scenes investigative reporters. And we're going behind the scenes and seeing the real story behind some power couples, but not the power couples that you see in the media today. Those are easy. We're not talking about no Brad and Angelina. We're not talking about no Megan and Prince or even Jay-Z and the Queen. We're not talking about those power couples. We're talking about the real power couples, power couples that people have been talking about for thousands of years. All those other ones I mentioned are here today, gone tomorrow. But imagine a story. Imagine your marriage is documented in a, in a book or in a letter somewhere that thousands and thousands of years, people would read your story and your highs and your lows. Well, that's what we're doing as we're looking at some of our Bible power couples and we're seeing the true story behind their marriage and what lessons we can learn from them. Week one, we talked about Jacob and Leah and Rachel. So right off the bat, that was a fun couple because it wasn't a couple, it was a trio. And we saw the mess that you can get into when you think marriage is the answer to all your problems. And when you make any one person or any one relationship the answer to your problems, that's what we learned with Jacob and Leah, Leah and Rachel. And then last week, we looked at Ahab and Jezebel. And what we learned about there is a dynamic which I see is ever increasing in the world today. And that is the dynamic of the passive husband and the controlling wife. And we saw how that can lead to very dangerous and bad situations. And I believe, if you ask me, that I see a direct correlation that as that dynamic has increased, passive husband, controlling wife, that the level, the quality and satisfaction of marriages has gone down. I see a direct relation between those two. And we talked about that last week. This week, we're talking Abraham and Sarah. And Abraham and Sarah are two greats in the church history and in the Bible. Abraham, the father of them all, and Sarah is the mother of them all. But well, we're going to go behind the scenes and maybe see something about Abraham and Sarah that we may not have seen on the surface. But before we get into that, before we get into that, erase Abraham and Sarah from your mind, I want to ask everybody a question. And the question is, single people, okay, you, this one should be, like, for where you are, married people, we're going to rewind a little bit in time. Before you were married, okay, before you were married, and I asked you, what do you want out of marriage? So you're not married right now. You are, you know, maybe going to the lunch today and trying to see if you can take care of that. Okay, and so you can solve that situation as, as Mark invited. Why do you want to get married? What do you want out of marriage? What do you think is awaiting you on the other side of that line, on the other side of the wedding? What do you think is awaiting for you? And married people, all right, I'm going to ask you to go back in time. And for some of us, it's five years, six years, 10 years, whatever. I want you to rewind and go back in time to your engagement period, all right, when you just got engaged. All right, go back to even maybe you go back to your proposal day, you know, where, you know, you dressed up fancy and you went to the, the, the water place, okay? And then, and then, you know, he did the knee and then the ring and then somehow all your friends were creepily in all the bushes, okay, with cameras and like that's like somehow cool and accepted these days or whatever it may be. Like, go back to that day. And what, what do you want out of marriage? What do you think marriage is gonna be like? I think most people would answer something like this. This is why we get married, to walk on water and dance on the sea. Because most of us, go back to your engagement period or single people, what you're looking towards, it's this idea of you fall massively in love. 
and you meet Mr. Right or Miss Right and they sweep you off your feet and you love each other and you think about each other all the time and I'll climb the highest mountain for you and swim the deepest ocean for you and I'll have a best friend for life. I'll never be alone. I'll never be afraid. I'll never feel by myself ever again. I will have a companion by my side. And then you start to fast forward the story. You say, one day we'll have a house and it'll be the perfect house with the perfect fence and the perfect dog and the perfect cat and the perfect kids and our kids will like each other and our kids will want to come home on Christmas and Thanksgiving and I'm going to cook the turkey and it's going to smell. It's going to be great. It's going to be just like in the TV shows. And you think to yourself, financially, we're going to be great and we're going to be secure. We're never going to be in debt and we're going to give and we're going to serve and then we're going to just live and grow old together and die in each other's arms together. Now fast forward. 10 years into marriage, 15, 20 years. And I say to you, what do you want out of marriage? Oh, we just want to stay married. <laughs> Somehow your goals change. The goal is just to not kill each other and to hope that the kids stay out of jail. Like that's the goal. <laughs> 10, 15 years in, it's why won't he talk more? Why won't she talk less? Why won't they just stop talking altogether? It's incredible that something that starts as madly in love, walk on water, dance on the sea, turns into, I don't know how I'm gonna pay the bills this month. And turns into, I don't know what we're gonna do with these kids. And turns into, I don't even know we're gonna have to put food on the table. See, rarely in life, in any area of life, does expectation match reality. That's, uh, expectation never matches reality. But there's no greater area, in my opinion, where expectation and reality differ than in marriage. Oftentimes I hear, this is not what I thought. This is not what I thought. And, and to, to kind of paint the proper picture, sometimes it's on the positive side. Okay, like you see, it's not what I thought on the positive side. All the married people are smirking right now, but no, but really there is on this positive side. But oftentimes it's in a negative way. This isn't what I thought. I don't know why he's so angry. I don't know why she's so distant. I don't know why she's, she treats me this way. I don't know why he won't. But here's what we're going to talk about today. If there's any area of life where you've ever felt, my life is not where it's supposed to be. It's not where I thought it'd be. My marriage is not where I thought it'd be by now. Or you know what? My life, I thought I would be married by now, but I'm not. Or I thought we'd have kids by now. Or I thought we'd be out of debt by now. Or I thought we'd have solved this issue by now. Or I thought we'd have stopped fighting about this by now. Or I thought we'd have been anywhere right now. If you've ever had that thought, today, Abraham and Sarah will speak to you. I believe that. Because we're going to look at their life and we're going to see what happens when you are not where you thought you'd be and where you planned to be. We're going to start the story in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Okay, as you guys know, anytime we talk about a passage from the scripture, I like to start with the context. What's the context of Genesis 12 when God just starts talking to Abram and giving him these commands? The context is nothing. There is no context. There is no, in the last chapter, Abram prayed this, or in the chapter before God, this, this miracle. There's no context. This is the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story is Abram is sitting there one day, I don't know, fishing, you know, gardening. I don't know what he's doing. He's doing something. All of a sudden, a voice comes out from the sky and says, knock, knock. Hi, I'm God. You need to move. Imagine going home, gentlemen, to your wife today. 
and saying, and she says, hey, how was church? I say, hey, it was great. God said, we need to move. God said, we need to pack up everything and move and realize that, okay, so today that's crazy. And your wife would probably think you're crazy and maybe confirm that you're crazy. Okay. But imagine back then, it's not like it is today. Like today it actually could happen. That back then they didn't have no Airbnb. They didn't have like hotels.com. They didn't have Zillow. So you could check out the schools and wherever you're moving to. All there was, was your land or your home. People didn't leave their home unless they were being chased by bad guys who made them leave their home. Your money, your finances, your future was two things. Your money was your land and your cattle, okay, or, or, or your animals. So those aren't the easiest thing to liquidate and just sell them and move to another country. Like your land is your land. If you leave it, you have nothing. So God comes to Abraham and tells him, I need you to leave, but don't worry. I'm going to offer you something. What does God offer Abraham in return? What does he say he's going to do? I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. We read these stories sometimes and we don't think about it. I'm gonna, like, what's I'm going to bless you mean? Like I sneezed, God bless you? Like, like that kind of bless you? Or is it like the bless you of like when someone like gets you a cup of coffee, God bless you. But that means nothing. Is that like the, or is it like the, like when the person you don't like, oh, 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 bless their heart. Okay, is that like one of those kind of blessings? Like what does it mean that God says, drop everything, leave everything, go all the way to a land that I'm going to show you. You don't know where it is, but uh, yeah, don't worry. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God made Abraham 